1: All right, now we're back for another edition of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture, Cosmos, Game Source, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great programs. NBA Draft, we're going to have one. Don't know when we're going to have one, but we're going to have one. And I've got a great guest on here today to talk some NBA draft to try and shake up the mold and shake up what we're doing here at the Lakers fast break because there's so much still to talk about when it comes to the round ball. And I'll tell you what, this one is going to be a fun one for me because I love talking about what the future could hold for the NBA as far as the NBA draft, all the players that are out there, who's intriguing and all that. And here today for the show is a great guest indeed. He's written before for Rookie Wire, also as well, mbadraft.net, but you can catch him now for Perspective Insight, and that's available at PerspectiveInsight.com. It is Michael Weisenberg. And Michael, it's great to have you on the program.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Gerald, and great to talk about basketball. It really does never stop. And, um, you know, we have a lot of old games to catch up on. We have definitely new things to look forward to, and uh, definitely an unprecedented time, but. Yeah, I, I basketball is going to keep going one way
1: or the other. I hope everyone out there is safe where you're at and safe and healthy.
0: Oh, yeah. So far, you know, I, I'm in Oregon right now, and uh, we're doing the best we can. Everybody I know is being really careful. And, um, yeah, so far, um, just trying to get through this as best we know how and um, looking f- for any new information that we find. But I, I think... Just around a thousand cases here, so it's uh, not as bad as a lot of other places in the country.
1: Well, that's good. So, while I, you know, from all of us here at the Lakers Fast Break, we just want to go ahead and tell you to stay safe, stay healthy, all you and the entire family out there. Just appreciate you joining us here today. And if everybody wants to get a better insight as far as prospects, both high school and also college, you can go ahead and follow Michael on Twitter today. I'm going to give you that Twitter handle right now. It's at NBA Draft Mikey V. That's at NBA Draft Mikey V for all the latest going on in the NBA draft. And that's something first I want to ask you, Michael, is the NBA draft because the season hasn't actually finished yet. I know there's a lot of talk about having to play at least 70 games. So you and I were discussing it before, Bahamas, Las Vegas doing a tournament as far as or at least. Finishing out the rest of the season for these thirty teams, because I think it was said on the other day on uh, Chad Ford's podcast by Mark Stein that they have to play the seventy games so that the NBA doesn't have to pay back those regional networks because you know when it's all about the dollars, all about yeah. the dollar. So they're going to try hard to try and have some sort of tournament, and then they're going to have some type of truncated playoffs, you know, and all that. Hopefully, if everything goes out. You know reasonably well, but your thoughts on that process, your thoughts on if they should continue the season, and will there be an NBA draft at some point in time? In your opinion, because I, I think there has to be. It's just a matter of when.
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. Like I, I think there will be a draft. It's just completely up to whatever information we find out about COVID nineteen and everything going on there. But yeah, like I I have to think that. At the very least, the draft is going to be moved back likely to when. Well, first off, I think it has to be whenever the season is concluded. And if they do cancel the season or have something along those lines, I, I still feel like it, it would be moved back uh, a little further than normal. I know that like teams put a lot into meeting these guys in person and like having workouts and all of those things that go into the entire process of the draft. And if they don't have that typical process, they just want as much information as possible about these players. So um, yeah, I I have to feel that the draft is not going to be in June. And my feeling is likely August or September, but yeah, it's really up to whatever information we find out about the season. Like it's, The draft is definitely in parlance with how the season concludes and uh, what they decide to do there.
1: And that's something that's going to be very difficult for these teams to gauge. I mean, it's already, in essence, in many ways, a crapshoot when you have the NBA draft. And you and I have seen Mm -hmm. over the many years that that both of us have been following the NBA draft. You know, you could think you have these uh, surefire hits and then they end up being surefire misses, Uh, And then you have these uh, individuals that, oh, man, he's a project. And then all of a sudden he turns out to be and develop into a great player. So it works either way. And, you know, all these teams, no matter how much research they do, it always ends up being sometimes, like I said, a matter of, you know, a will, a matter of health, and a matter of uh, just for some of these teams, it's just like they just can't get it right. Or in some other teams, they just can't get it wrong.
0: Well, I think every team gets it wrong sometimes
1: to go on with your point, like I I feel, yeah,
0: it's definitely, it's not a perfect process and so much comes down to personality and team fit, all all of these variables that uh, a lot of these players, especially like, you know, with the sample size that we have, we're not completely sure how they're going to, you know, fit with that. So we're going off a lot of uh, unknown variables that we're trying to use history to kind of weed through that whole process and say that you know with this guy's skill set or with his athletic tools, like we think he could be this. So yeah, that that's a, a large part of the draft and it's definitely an imperfect process. And I have to say some teams have it figured out better than others, but it's not perfect in the least for any team because of all these unknowns.
1: Exactly. I mean, you've seen before all these surefire hits, like I said, some of them end up not becoming that. And uh, that's the process you're talking about because there's so much weight into it. All these teams invest so much time, finances and resources into trying to go ahead and finding the best options available for them in the draft. One of those options was, or you know, has been over the years, is the Draft Combine that usually takes place in Chicago every year, which I'm assuming at this point in time is not going to take place. But this is something I wanted to ask you as a draft expert. And the Combine itself, as you know, has not always been attended or mandatory attended by all draft choices. A lot of the draft choices, especially if they're higher up, have their own private workouts, Uh, You know, the infamous, uh, you know, I'm going to do a turnaround jump shot against a chair or, you know, or I pick out my opponent or I pick out the guy who I'm going to work out against who was like maybe an undrafted guy or something like that, just so I can look real good. I mean, you've seen the process so many times, but, you know, there's been a few here that uh, in Las Vegas before the draft that these private workouts have been held. Uh, Christoph Porzingis, I remember, is one that uh, had it here in Las Vegas just beforehand. But I was thinking as far as something along the lines of the combine, it, you know, I know that some of the best times that these players when they get to play against each other in the combine is a great way of gauging some of these later in the first round, some of these second round type picks that there's out there. But can it we get to the point in a CBA and a collective bargain agreement that the one that's coming up, you know, here in a year or so, two years, I think, or whatnot, that – the draft combine at least has to be attended by all these draft horses because I think it helps organize us better. Maybe you can have those draft workouts. Then it just seems to make more sense that they could all happen in one place. It would be nice, but
0: I I feel like that's something the players are going to push back on. Um, And also it's been like a long time thing where even the players who, uh, attended, like they pretty much just get measured and like, you know, kind of have uh, interviews with teams and stuff like that. The one thing I think the NBA is pushing for and like would obviously be really nice to know is uh, medicals. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would be great to know, uh, you know, the injury history and everything like that. Like right now, the agents hold a ton of power there. And yeah. So th- that would be one thing to, that I, I think the uh, league and owners uh, and just organizations in general are pushing towards, but yeah, having everybody attend the combine, I, I don't think is the end of the world. It And it usually the combine I think is more beneficial for guys kind of shooting, trying to shoot up draft boards. Those are usually the guys playing in the actual scrimmages. And, um, you know, doing the shooting warmups and, and all of those like athleticism testing and everything like that, like, like Anthony Davis didn't go to the combine. So like kind of since then, and like Kyrie Irving was hurt, like y- you have a lot of guys who who haven't gone and you just kind of know that they're, you know, the top guys, but yeah, agencies always hold a lot of power and they, they always are, you know, kind of trying to set up their guy their players for the the best success possible I even remember they i don't know if you remember this at all—but uh, in uh, 2002, when Yao Ming had his uh, little private workout against Oregon Center, I, I went to University of Oregon. Uh, Chris Christopherson—I
1: mm-hmm.
0: remember—not Christopherson. an NBA player, yeah. but he was a huge guy. And then you know you have like the famous like Bismack Biyombo against a chair and like you know things like that. I, I think that's always going to be prevalent. But, yeah, the, the medical testing I, 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 or medical results, I think, would be something great to have. Every year, some players get flagged as um, medical concerns, and sometimes that doesn't matter. Like, that that's the, the kind of amazing thing. Like, sometimes, like, I, I know there were a couple of players that were flagged last year who still went in the first round. And, people, like, I know one went in the lottery. Like, it's uh, – but, yeah, it, it just would be nice for all teams to have access to that. But again, like you know, that, that could be something about player privacy and, and things along those lines as well. So it, it's an ongoing discussion. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like the Combine would still be status quo at this point. Um, and I, I don't think it's going to happen this year.
1: And, and I don't blame you and I, for saying that. Uh, but the medical is a key because, like you said, oh, the sure. agents do hold a great deal of power and holding it from one team. As far as the medical records are concerned and giving it to another, that seems to me very unfair. It just is. Just have it out there for the NBA, you know, that they should just send it to the NBA and the NBA can release it, uh, you know, and find a way to privately release it to the teams that are interested in. You mentioned as far as medical history, I mean, Joel Embiid, he was, uh, you know, someone that was drafted high with the knowledge by Philadelphia, who was in the middle of the process at that point in time their idea was okay we don't get him for another year or two years before he gets on the court but that's okay we're cool with that we're going to get him anyways but he could have gone number one and probably didn't because of his medicals so that's that's an excellent point that you're trying to make yeah we're signaling the ref for a quick timeout but we'll be back with more of the lakers fast break podcast Once again, I'm on with Michael Weisenberg. He's at NBA Draft, Mikey V. you got to go ahead and check out all the great stuff that he's doing there. At and, and also as well, his, his place, ProspectiveInsight.com. you got to go ahead and check out that out as well. I want to ask you, touching on the draft and the whole process of it, obviously this makes it more difficult to scout, not only for your end, but also the NBA teams and whatnot, that there was no NCAA tournament that yeah. there really was no conference tournaments for the most but i mean the pac 10 yeah. tournament they shut down halfway if i remember correctly and uh, not even yeah yeah <laughs> you know, just like it was the first games for a couple i think it was um yeah so
0: the teams that didn't have buys played that first day and then um the like once it got down to 8 teams they they shut it down
1: yeah so for you know you guys out there that that this is your livelihood and this is what you're trying to do as far as to gauge exactly who fits where, as far as the NBA, to the top 100 players, et cetera, et cetera. Plus also Europe. How was that affected as far as scouting Europe? Because there had to be some EuroLeague games that were still having to go on, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like the EuroLeague Final
0: Four, I, I'm assuming that season's over. Yeah, so absolutely. yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't know if they plan to come back, but. Yeah, there, there was definitely still basketball left to be played there.
1: And I can see that happening because there's a lot of players now that are filing for the NBA draft. In fact, we had just one this weekend from France that's filed for the NBA draft. Players now are realizing that their season's over, so they're going to go ahead. And we're starting to see the, the filing for the NBA draft from not only college players, but also as well, like I said, from the EuroLeague. How hard a process, though, is that because you're trying to gauge – Recent activity for these players, and there's really outside of January and early February, even mid February, there's really not a whole lot to go off of that you would normally go off of in a regular process.
0: See, I'm I'm not sure about like not having as much to go off of. Like, I think they still have a pretty large body of work for the most part. So, like, the thing I always kind of wonder about and would love to do more research into is how much, like, the NCAA tournament really, like, matters. It, so it's great in many ways. And I to say that the NCAA tournament hasn't helped some players' draft stock is just, like, not true. But does it, like – to me, it, it's never really made, like, a guy – like, if you're a top guy, the NCAA tournament's probably not doing tons. It's for not it. the be-all, end-all. No, not at all. And I I know there are some organizations, I think, who, like, kind of wait off and, like, don't even watch the tournament. And then they kind of just go back and they, they don't want their opinion shaken one way or the other. And then as far as European players, like, it definitely is a bummer. But I'm sure there were lots of teams that had planned to go to the EuroLeague Final Four and to go and watch these guys a little bit further, like, you know, once they face a little bit better competition. And that, that's the other thing that the NCAA tournament gives is, like, you know, you get to play against, like, some great teams. And, like, uh you know, last year, seeing John Morant against Florida State, like, you know, you kind of saw some of the possible issues he might have in his NBA translation. He obviously has well surpassed that and was, like, fantastic this year. Was very lucky I got a chance to see him right before uh I, I had a friend in Memphis and uh got to see a couple games there. I actually got to see him against the Lakers where he had a fantastic game and Yes, yeah. he, did. yes it was, he did. that was a crazy one. Um, but he uh yeah, so but even seeing that, like you know, you you take Job Morant's entire season and you don't take that one game with all these guys, like you know, you, you have to take the whole body of work into account and uh i, I think that they, they have like luckily this didn't happen before conference play right yeah. Anything like that like we we still have a vast majority of the season left most of these guys probably only have like maybe like three or four games left so yeah i, I think that um there, there's still so much information we're going off of right now and i i think Teams are really focused on that and you know they have tons of video on these guys at this point
1: at this point yeah you're right because now and we live in the age where everything's on youtube everything's out there yep. on facebook videos and social media and all that so uh, the only well, thing is have better access too. like yeah know,
0: they have like synergy and like uh lots of other things where they can uh look at these old games
1: absolutely and you know, so there isn't as much of a great need for it but you're right. Those players that uh, you know, there's a few. I'm gonna say like DeAndre Hunter from Virginia that went to Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, his, his stock may have risen because of his performance uh, in the NCAA tournament just a little bit. But maybe. But
0: yeah. even so, I, I still feel like even before then, he w- he was
1: definitely thought of pretty highly. Okay. And, yeah, but you've seen it. There's there's people that skyrocket every now and then uh, because
0: okay, is a
1: good example like i
0: I don't think he would have gone 15 without uh his run in the tournament like yeah there are definitely guys who have risen because of the tournament and uh i think you're going to see maybe some players that might have tested the waters go back to school because they didn't have a chance to really use those last few games to boost their stock
1: absolutely I recommend right now if they do not get an agent or they do they test the waters they just go ahead and see where they're at and they don't like it, they can go ahead and go back to it. I, those cases where they get an agent or they think them of themselves highly, or they have people just talking in their ear that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you and I have seen it before. They get drafted or go undrafted and it, their life is now just changed forever. And, and just, it's disappointed to see that they're not allowed to go back because they made a poor decision or someone help them make a poor decision in their minds. And we see that every now and then. Uh, hopefully we won't see that this year, but is there anyone out there that you might think has already stepped into the fire maybe a little bit too early? I don't know. I, the thing I, I'm
0: really hoping, and you know, we're seeing this more and more with the NCAA getting pressure, is the NCAA being lenient towards players this year because of this unforeseen circumstance. Uh, so, and I, I think that the NCAA is, I, I think at least trying to be better about the whole, like, I, I think players now can even like talk to agents and, you know, go through that process and without like signing their life away or NCAA career away. So yeah, I, I'm hoping the NCAA does the right thing. I, I can never really count on that, but um, you know, we can, uh, It certainly hope so with, what's happening now, maybe pushing back the date to be able to go back to college. And um, yeah, it's just, it, it it has to be so tough to even uh, evaluate these guys at this point because you know, you don't really have it. it, Yeah. It's just a a totally different ball game and um, you you don't really know when the draft is going to be. And yeah, it's uh, this really, it's, like, like nothing I've seen before. So you, uh-huh. you just uh, uh, time will tell. I don't. I feel right now that like the past couple years, the uh, ability to test the process has gotten much more in the players' favor, which I think it always should have been. Yeah. Um. And, these are
1: eighteen-year-old kids, nineteen-year-old kids. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. Not sure.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And, and you know why not? Like, if you have the ability to check and see, like getting the the evaluation. Let's you know what you need to work on if yeah. you're not going to the NBA. Like, for instance, I, I know Peyton Pritchard tested the process last year for University of Oregon, even got to go and look at a few teams. And he comes back this year and is like a new player, Pac-12 player of the year, uh, consensus first team All-American. Like, I, I have to think that going through that process – help to at least some extent yeah uh, if not like a large extent so yeah just having the ability to do that like because these are a lot of these guys that are testing the process even if they're not future nba players like they're going to have a career in basketball at some point so you know yeah so why why not give them all the the tools they could possibly want for that which i i think you know is part of testing the waters
1: and let's hope they'll be the ncaa me i mean be a little bit more lenient during because of the circumstances. Talking, you know, so much is unsure right now. These kids, they don't know that they're that they're filing. They're not sure exactly where they stand because so much uncertainty going on. So, hopefully, the NCA will allow some of these cases to go by and say, you know what, we understand what was going on. We're going to go ahead and allow you to come back into the NCA because we know it's just. Something that is just, just very uncertain going on at this point in time. So yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that these kids will not make any long-term mistakes about over what happened this course of this this year because of what you know what's going on with coronavirus. I'm hoping that these kids will not have any long-term mistakes by entering the NBA draft when they shouldn't have or listening to wrong advice. And you know we see it every year that there's one or two kids that. You know, end up making a mistake like that i'm hoping this year of all years when that will not be the case yeah well we've talked a lot about about uh, you know we've talked a lot about, about the draft process and all that but there's also the great players that are in the draft the ones that we do know are going to go ahead and make you know a lot of uh, headway in the draft it's just starting out this process for guys like yourself and people out there that are looking into the draft as far as Trying to position, trying to see where everybody stands. Uh, you know, a lot of players now are filing for the NBA draft. I know there's some early choices as far as who's near the top, who's at the top. Uh, I've seen quite a bit of flux when you go all to all the different sites and whatnot as far as oh, one through ten. The con- not there's not a consensus number one, but if I had to lay money right now, I'd say Anthony Edwards is probably the most I guess, a uh, favorite individual for that spot. But then again, since Golden State will most likely, if it's based off of record and we don't do a lottery, mm-hmm. would be the number one team at this point in time. Anthony Edwards isn't quite exactly the greatest fit. So I want to hear your thoughts on Anthony Edwards as a player. And do you think that he is, not the perspective, but the, uh, I guess would say the the guy that, people mostly are leaning on as the number one choice as of right now. Although, as you know, that can always change.
0: For sure. It seems as of right now that most people have Anthony Edwards. Like if he's not number one, he's close to the top. Just like amazing build for uh, a player. He's also, you know, young for class. He he reclassified and he just is a terrific shot maker as well. Like he'll, he'll, he can do some things to create like for himself that a lot of other players can't do. And then when you combine that with the athleticism and strength that he has, like as an still 18 year old, he looks like he could be a a pretty good NBA player in due time. He struggled this year. Like he definitely, he, he would have, I think like far and away the lowest true shooting percentage for a, uh, First pick, like, probably ever. But, uh, yeah, if if he were the selection. I think that is probably going to be the case, like, regardless of who you draft, really, first pick. Like, this is considered, like, a, a weaker draft because of the huge uncertainty of yeah. so many of these players this year. And, like, you, you know, nobody really quelled people's fears through their play in, in college or Even like professionally, like everybody there has a few wrinkles. But yeah, right now I would say Anthony Edwards would like likely be at the top of most people's boards. A few other people I I know are up there are um, Lamella Ball, who like is considered – he was playing really well in Australia and just looked like he fit in. He liked it so much he bought the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I I think is very cool. It seems like the NBL is doing some great things there, and I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I know there aren't any, like, next stars guys right now who are going over. Last year it was uh, LaMelo, you had RJ Hampton, you had Terry Armstrong who said that he's going into the draft and I need to look at it a little bit closer. And then you had um Didi who was drafted by the Pelicans in the second round, and they sent him over there to kind of – Gain NBA preparedness. He played really well in um, the uh, Summer League. So, yeah, having that program, I, I feel like there are going to be more players that go over next year. And I, I have a couple in mind, but I won't say anything at this point. But, but you, uh,
1: you like that process about them going to the NBL as opposed to yeah. maybe, let's say, maybe staying here, not necessarily with an NCAA. College or whatnot, but maybe let's say going into the G League and that process as well.
0: That's a really good question. My thing with the G League is I don't know what incentive the G League would have to play these guys. So, and you know, the G League is like full of guys who are like a step away from the NBA and competing. Like, it's, I think it's a lot tougher in the G League and then. I don't know why like a team would take like a guy that young and just without having the rights to that player. Like I I feel like there's still a strange process there. Plus you can make more money in the NBL. I I think that's another thing there. So yeah, I still don't think the G league process for having prospects is, is perfect yet. And like, you know, you heard like Darius Baisley was thinking of going there and then he just did the, Thing with new balance and made a million dollars and uh yeah like you know why not i like the next stars program i i think that's just a, a smart way to go and i i still yeah it's just it's strange for, like because the next stars program does actually like what it does is it basically you're only allowed a certain amount of international players who aren't australian or from new zealand on your team and the next stars just basically gives you like a free slot to have that guy that you can pay a little bit more money to and then maybe get like a, more of a buyout as well. If they get drafted. So um, I, I think that was why it was pretty brilliant, but uh, and just in terms of a little mellow ball, like, yeah, fantastic passer. Like people of course will compare him to his brother, but a better ball handler than Lonzo. Someone so, who seems more confident going to the hoop. Yeah, absolutely. So great handle. He's got the size of, as well uh shooting definitely still you know the big thing uh, yeah. much like with lonzo i think he just has some things that you can't really teach and uh that's why people really are high on him as a prospect
1: especially given this draft we'll be back with more of the lakers fast break podcast Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. You still think as a prospect, do you think he could become better than Anthony Edwards? Or do you think he, at this point in time, still people are leaning towards Anthony Edwards because he's a more proven commodity or he played in the NCAA? Because you were talking so fondly about where he was playing in Australia, and I saw a little bit of his action too down there. It seemed like it's, you know, and from what I've investigated and looked at it, it seems like very much what you're saying that is a comparable league to what they're playing in in the NCAA but yet Anthony Edwards seems to, even though he struggled mightily at Georgia at times, still seems to be in a lot more favor at this time. And that that seems to be kind of puzzling because the mellow ball, as you said, has some gifts that maybe no other player in this draft has.
0: Yeah, it, I I think that it will depend on who you talk to.
1: Yeah.
0: And like not every team's going to have the same board. Well, he's the consensus... Number one, it doesn't mean he's going to be like the unanimous number one.
1: Yeah. That's
0: uh, it, and some years there are. But the, I think this is a year where it really will depend on who you talk to. And um, Lamelo, I think, is absolutely in the running with a, a few teams out there. And while Anthony Edwards does have the athleticism and strength and
1: like, he's going to score. Golden State, although Golden State gets the first pick. Yeah. Because they need a big man, they could go James Wiseman. Uh, it's possible. I, I don't know if it's probable, just because of
0: fit. Or they might uh, trade it
1: if that's the case. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I could see them trade down. And uh, like, it's kind of funny that the narrative last year was like, anybody after Zion, you're like trade down, trade down. And after the third pick, you saw a bunch of people trade down. But at the same time, I, I feel like, uh yeah, like Golden State. Probably is at, at least from the the guys who they're apparently interested in. I, like I'm not sure they want the first pick, and they wouldn't rather like trade down, get a, some assets on top of that. Yeah, and uh, you know, really try and compete next year
1: because yeah, they have they'll be loaded. Yeah, yeah. Like Hell, like you know, this
0: was a good year to take off with exactly happen redshirt year. Uh, yeah, honestly. For <laughs> yeah, like you know, they, they'd they been playing so many minutes the past five years that uh, it I guess it was just due, yeah, just with how everything worked out there.
1: Who intrigues you at the top of the draft? I mean, you mentioned LaMelo Ball as someone that intrigues yeah. you at or near the top of the draft. I mean, yeah. Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, he we really didn't get much of a sample size because his uh season at memphis was cut so short is there anyone else near or you know in that let's say lottery range that intrigues you right now that you're taking in maybe an extra few minutes to take a look at on tape and whatnot yeah killian hayes
0: he played in germany this past year and he just is a a very skilled player really good passer has good size for a guard and he he Somebody I I definitely want to take a closer look at, and it seems like he's right now consensus, like, top half of the lottery. Yeah. Denny Abdiya. He's been in Israel the last few years playing for Maccabi, and just another, like, very skilled player. The shooting is a huge question mark with him. He doesn't shoot well from the free throw line, but he shoots, like, at least fairly well from three and is willing to take them which I I think is a big part, but also like really good passer, like six foot nine. He's not like, doesn't have like ideal length, but you know, just another like skilled player who you could see being a a really strong piece for a team. And it seems like a lot of teams near the top of the draft are very intrigued by him as well. A player from California or, you know, from the California area who has really risen up the, the draft boards this year, considering he he wasn't a McDonald's All-American, he was like right on the precipice of that and should have been, uh, was Onyeka Okongu for uh, USC. And um, I got a chance to see him live this year and watched a bunch of his games and very impressive in terms of like his defensive instincts, his athleticism and his movement to possibly cover multiple positions if need be. So he um, is another guy that I, I think, you know, th- those are like a, a few players who I, I think are going to definitely be near the top of the draft and some of the guys, some of the more desirable prospects this year.
1: Absolutely. There's some uh, good choices there. I, I was looking at as you were speaking and all of them, like you said, are in that lottery range are, and you know, most likely, like you said with the international players, have a chance to move up even further as people watch more tape and reevaluate them more closely because it always seems like if there's a good international prospect they move even higher as it gets closer to the draft because more buzz more word gets out on them you know hey look at this tape hey look at these highlights hey look at these you know his measurements and whatnot so definitely is something that we could look forward to and yes uh, you know as you talk about with uh Okongwu, he, he he looks like to me, I, I saw him very, very good player. I think he he could be someone that is it could be a nice two-way player in the league. Uh, but you know, obviously they're with everyone, they they have things that they need to work on. And like you said, I'm seeing that there's no definitive number one pick, but there are a lot of players with potential, and that to me is something that's very intriguing. Seeing a, a I don't want to say a prospects only at nearer top of the draft that can do it. I see, I see potential at various points of the draft throughout the first round. Don't you? Yeah.
0: Oh, for sure. And any draft, it's about getting somebody who you can deem is either valuable for your team or a valuable asset down the line to, to trade. But every draft is going to have guys who, you know, out outplay where they were drafted and,
1: um, is there anybody that you're looking at, maybe a little bit lower, that you think has uh, got some potential?
0: Yeah, I, there are a couple guys from Florida State who I think might be drafted like potentially too low. And that's Pat Williams and Devin Vassell. Some players I like lower. I, I don't know. I've kind of seen his stock all over the place, but I, I still feel it could be a really solid NBA player. Is Tyrese Maxey as well from Kentucky? varied opinions on him like all over the place but i just think has like a solid scoring acumen some great touch and is like a sufficient enough passer he's not going to like run your team or anything like that but i I think eventually he could be a, a guy that can at least you know get you some points and play some good defense so his
1: size might restrict his uh you know where he's at Is that that holding him back? I I I think to an extent, but even his size isn't like as terrible as
0: people kind of seem to to think it is. Like I I think he with he's about like six two and a half, and like like you know has like a six six and a half uh, wingspan, like eight three and a half standing reach. Like that's a little small for a two guard, but not like out of this world small. So yeah, I, I still think he is a very good player who people should be looking at in that lottery range
1: absolutely that's some great insight right there for you once again i'm talking to mike visenberg you got to go ahead and reach out to him today on his twitter at nba draft mikey v you'll see a lot of great prospects in both high school and also college as you prepare you get your notes together for the nba draft you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing to there also as well his site prospective insight that he's a part of you got to go ahead and check that out as well but at nba draft Mikey V on twitter follow him there because i am doing it right now as we speak so i'm going to go ahead and follow him you need to follow him too at nba draft Mikey V, mike before we head on out or before i turn it over to you on what you're working on i want to go ahead and say you know this is a laker centric podcast at times so i do want to mention that Yes. The, when you get back to where the Lakers would be drafting and they do have to draft, they're not trying. They can't give away this draft pick. You know, they're, they're trying very hard to give away all their draft picks. But the Septian rule, you can't give them all away, at least not until you draft them and then you can trade them. And then that's another story. <laughs> With the draft coming up, obviously, the Lakers would be at, at this point the, at the back end of a draft, Yeah. Uh, you know, and. If you're Lakers and you're starting to go ahead and sit down with your scouting team or whatnot, you know, and your scouting team has some initial prospects that they want you to look at, who would you be thinking about? Yeah, I
0: was giving that some thought and I, I was maybe thinking, like, just when you have a team with LeBron James, you want shooting. Yeah. And you you either want, like, you know, he would love to have more playmakers, more shooters. Just athletes to run with him and knock down open shots so one guy i, I thought you know potentially i'm, I'm not sure how much he, he would help like when you're picking 29 you're yeah. not really sure how much the the player is going to help like kyle kuzma if anything was like just great value because he was able to help so early at and like
1: hard too at that point in time oh absolutely yeah they, they made some great picks near that that end of uh, the draft uh, yeah and um, if because Zubak uh you know a couple of years before sure. he, yeah so yeah. they they've done well at that Definitely. at that draft.
0: you know yeah like the fact they could you know make Hart part of that uh Anthony Davis trade package like yeah. you know that, that's what you're looking for a guy that i was thinking you know maybe they they might be looking at is uh like a Cassius Stanley from uh from Duke he's from that area he played for Sierra Canyon and just Phenomenal athlete, just
1: good size for regard.
0: Yeah, good, like decent and not crazy long or anything like that. I think that was part of why he jumped so high. Is I, I wonder what the standing reach was, <laughs> but um, yeah, he uh, he a very good athlete and you know a guy who could potentially knock down shots next to LeBron. Isaiah Joe from Arkansas is another guy who I, I kind of thought of as potentially being, like, uh, somebody you look at in the late first round because he's such a phenomenal shooter and would be so nice next to LeBron and, like, you know, knocking down those corner threes. I don't know if there's a guy you could find there who could do that at a much higher level if given space. Yeah. So, yeah, just I, – I, I would think they would look for players who could, you know, play next to uh, a guy who was lean the NBA in assists and is one of, like, the most – dynamic runners of offense in NBA history. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, anybody – like, I, I think you you definitely still build around LeBron at this point, and you, you just kind of hope for players who could play with them or or even, like, you know, potential stretch fours if you want to play Anthony Davis more at the five, which I think eventually would be the the way to go. So, yeah, those are just uh, a few guys to look at and then uh, the positional.
1: Of course, and, and you know at that point in time that it draft, you're you're looking for the best option available to develop at that point in time, the one that you see the most potential out of most likely, as opposed mm-hmm. to maybe filling a, a specific need, because yeah. like you said, just you know you know your options are not as plentiful as they are at the top end of the draft where you're choosing more based off of need, and, and I see that like you said when it comes down to. Evaluating players, it's going to be tougher for a team like the Lakers or a team like Milwaukee or a team like that sits at the end of the first round. Who can we get, or who will fall to us at that point in time that we think can go ahead and make a mark on our team? I mean, the Lakers with last year with Taylor Horton Tucker, somebody that that they're still thinking might have some potential to go ahead and be a contributor, maybe in a year, two years. Do you still see that happening? I mean, I want to hear your thoughts on on THD.
0: Yeah, I I was a I really liked THT. I thought he was a great value pick, like uh, getting him that late. Um, and I know he's very close with uh, the clutch family as well. And uh oh, it's so a good thing. Definitely doesn't hurt. No. Um, but yeah, he, he was one of the younger guys in the draft too. So the,
1: yeah, I remember that. He, like he was at least one or two, no, one, like one he
0: two. he technically like yeah like. He, he very well could have been a freshman this year in college yeah. uh, because yeah, I think he was born like end of November. So yeah, he was young. He he was somebody that while he had this fantastic like body, they knew he was going to have to improve his conditioning and uh, improve his shooting. But yeah, it's still a, a guy. Like it was always a long shot that he was going to come in and contribute this year. And uh, it, for the most part, in, unless you're drafting like a, a senior or somebody like, you know, like a Grant Riller, if they if they could get him there, he's kind of more of a combo guard and not necessarily an amazing shooter, but like one of those possible like playmakers you could see playing well with LeBron. But yeah, unless you're you're getting somebody who is like you know physically mature and has like that experience. It, the likelihood of them contributing as a late first-round pick that first year, is it's not very
1: high. Yeah, especially if you have aspirations for an NBA title. You yeah. rarely see that on a team like that, so I can I yeah. agree with you on that. Hi, this is Mr. Holiday from the podcast, My Worst Holiday, and you're listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground,
0: the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed.
1: Voice from the underground. Well, uh, before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and ask you real quick you know about all the different stuff that you're working on and and things that you want to go ahead and sh- give a shout out to, to our audience that, that you want them to know about, especially when it comes to what you're doing in regards to the NBA draft.
0: Yeah. I, I'm thinking I'm, i might have like uh possibly release like a, a mock draft or do something like that right now, I'm trying to collect as many like measurements as possible on uh, draft prospects. And, you know, at least if, if you guys have some questions on, uh, draft measurements, I'll, I'll do my best to answer that. I just over the years have collected a lot of that information. Always interested in like ages of players and things like that to have them all on uh, the curve there. And the event that I would usually be going to uh, is uh, the Nike Hoop Summit. And the other thing I, I was thinking of possibly doing there is every year I do a write up on the Nike Hoop Summit. And Unfortunately, we didn't hear what the world roster was going to be this year, but we know the USA roster and I was thinking I, I might release some content on the players that were chosen for that roster and at least what I'd seen of them so far. So those are just a couple things I'm looking into. And then, yeah, just watching as much uh,
1: footage and collecting as much intel on draft prospects as possible. And where can they find information if you do decide to go ahead and drop it on the, uh, on the Nike Hoop Summit? likely I would think the step in.com, which
0: is a site that I've been associated with as well and maybe even just like uh, my site like michaelweisenberg.com. either way if you follow
1: NBA draft Mikey V on Twitter I'll have all of that posted there absolutely it's so funny <laughs> Ted Septian he always lives on he just you know. yes, <laughs> Stepien. yeah yeah Ted Septian yeah yeah, oh, well, will just continue yeah. to live on, no matter yeah. if he likes it or not. So, fine. Infamous. Yeah, infamous. Very infamous, indeed. Well, I'll tell you what, Michael, it's just been great talking to you today. I cannot thank you enough for stopping by the Lakers fast break. It's just so great having you here. And if possible, I would love to go ahead and invite you to come back and return whenever it's convenient for you upcoming months to talk about the nba draft as it progresses as the the names get hot the names you know get cold the the buzz goes on one the buzz comes off another you you've seen it all and you've heard it all but uh, i'm hoping you get a chance to stop by and talk to us uh, whenever it's convenient for you
0: yeah thanks so much for having me this was a great time and yeah there's still going to be buzz things are still going to happen so uh we don't know when
1: but it's still going to happen, and I'm sure it's still going to be a uh, process full of twists and turns. As is always the case with the NBA draft, whenever it comes, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll have to wait and see that tournament in, in Las Vegas or the Bahamas. I don't know who chose the Bahamas, but okay. You know, yeah. I guess, I'm thinking Vegas is probably the, the way to go, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens, but... Michael Weisenberg, it's just so great to have you on the show once again. Again, if you get a chance, please follow him today at NBA Draft Mikey B. You'll be glad you did. And I'll tell you what, it's just been so great having you on the show. Please, again, you're always welcome back right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.